Does everybody know what time it is? It's time to fill an oil drum with 50 gallons of donkey sauce and strap it to the top of the car because we're going to Flavortown. <laughs> is this grunt work? I, I don't even know. <laughs> this is so much more than grunt work. It was all a dream. I used to read TV Guide magazine, Tim Allen and JTT up in the limousine. Why? Because they were part of Home Improvement, the TV show that we here on Grunt Work watch week to week and report back about it to you guys. Truman, I've been up for so long. I am so tired. I, you, you are, you are Al Pacino in the movie Insomnia right now. In, in that, um, in that you've done some dark things and are covering up a murder. Oh, I am Landon. Do you come here often, Solano? Joined always by my co-host Truman. Bacon to a golden brown caps. <laughs> is that is that a sideways reference to my marijuana consumption? Because it, because if so, I would shake your hand, sir. That is very clever. Um, well, considering the table's too far for a handshake, I'm going to just say... Eh, how about a curt nod? Okay. A, a curt nod? Just a curt nod. It's, or how, oh, how about how about 15 seconds of unbroken eye contact? How about that? <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, are you, okay, because I'm just doing it. Whether you're looking at me or not, I'm doing it to you. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, so... I I I sympathize <laughs> yes. with your situation right now and with your energy levels. Like, do we want to do we want to talk to the good people here about pulling back the curtain and what our life circumstances <laughs> are at the moment? Well, I don't need to get into why I'm so freaking tired, but uh, I've been at a conference for the last two days. It's just been a thing. Uh, suffice it to say, I've been up and going for so long now, and we're going to do a back-to-back episode for you. Because we think that's going to enhance the quality <laughs> of the shit that we're trying to do here. Maybe. Let's double down I don't, on I it. don't know. At least from my side of things, I'm going to unravel really quick, I can tell already. I, you know, I'm about, like, the reason we're doing a double episode is because I'm about to go on the road for a week, um, and, and you're thinking, like, oh, is Truman, like, touring with, like, stand-up comedy or something even though he definitely doesn't do that and wouldn't no i'm just going to a bunch of weddings but you know i think that this is going to be good so like the you know it's a, it's a it's an accident of fate that yeah. you are extra fatigued and because of my schedule we now have to do extra work we're just putting all of this in for you guys so that there's not a week of absence of content uh so uh this is this is if, look, that's if, my bleeding heart falling on the table for you guys. If 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 at any point in this week's episode or next week's episode you think, "Wow, that wasn't very funny," or they seem a little bit off, understand it's your fault. Because <laughs> if we didn't feel like we had to do this for you guys, we we wouldn't have been. So tr- I hope you enjoy what you put Landon and I through. You ungrateful. Uh, t- uh, uh, twerps. I, twerps. It sounded like you were going with twerps. Yeah, I guess it was twerps. I, I, I was kind of, I was the, it, the, the slot machine of my head was like going through all of the available insults. And I oh just my god, like I hope my delirium isn't going to be infectious to you. Look, I don't necessarily take the, uh, you know, um, insult your audience uh, approach to things, but. Uh, that's why it's a good cop, bad cop situation here. Uh, you never yeah. know quite where you stand here on grunt work. I, exactly. Except exactly. for the fact that every week you'll get a report from us watching an episode of Home Improvement. <sighs> and 
we did watch an episode of Home Improvement this week. Uh, yeah, I don't quite understand your your uh, your soulful sigh there. I felt uh, like this was a, a fantastic episode. I my soulful my soulful sigh was more just like was just like okay, well now we've got now we've got the housekeeping out of the way. Let's <laughs> let's start plowing that field. Let's start fixing up that old car or whatever we do in our day to day work. Yeah, I think this was a. This was a good episode of Home Improvement. I still, as usual, had some complaints about Tim, but mm. damn if it didn't make me laugh to beat the band. <laughs> uh, that's a phrase I don't know, but do you have a synopsis for this week's episode? Uh, I do. Indeed, I do. Can, uh, we, can we hear it? Yes. I won't even be coy about whether you can hear it or not. You absolutely can. Thank you. So Irma, of Cooking with Irma fame, goes away for a week, and she asks Al, who's an amateur chef, to guest host her show while she's gone, with Tim as his assistant. Al is a natural in the kitchen and a huge hit with Irma's audience, but when Tim's jokes and clowning fail to get any laughs, he plans to quit assisting Al. Al accuses Tim of wanting to bail because he's not the center of attention, and at home, Jill helps Tim realize that it's possible to simply assist someone without trying to make a bunch of corny jokes. Tim takes his newfound responsibility onto set the following day, but... Al, now, because of the popularity of the show, has gone a little bit power-mad and winds up inadvertently flinging a duck out the window. Meanwhile, Randy struggles to win the affections of his crush, Beth, with a little bit of help from Brad, Ashley, and Wilson. And that's the and show. Jill. And, Jill, Jill, and Jill, Jill. It takes a village to get one child to get with another child. No. Bad. Yeah. No, really bad. Back the pedophile train up there. <laughs> Pedophiles drive vans, sir. <laughs> they don't ride trains. Fair. It's too easy. Like, because then if the pedophiles are on a train, it's like, you just keep the children away from the tracks. <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, not that at all. I thought this was a good episode. This episode was high on hijinks. Yes. And it uh, flipped around Tim and Al's relationship in a way that I really want to see more of. Yeah. And that, that was we, something I liked. We haven't seen a, a, a flirtation with since uh, season one when Al uh, got to host briefly. Um at the you know end of season one, God, I can't oh. even remember the name of it at the moment. But we're past that point; we can't remember the names anymore. <laughs> no, I, and in the, in this case though, it's like Al is truly. It seems like he's truly in his element as an assistant on a tool show, but he's yeah. also really in his element as a host on a cooking show. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I liked. I, I liked that, and also cooking is way more applicable to me, even though I'm not much of a cook. Cooking is way more <laughs> uh, like interesting to me than any of the stuff they normally do on Tool Time. Are, are you and I, we, I think there there is a version of this where you are kind of a Tim and I'm kind of an Al, without the the implications that that comes with, but just I, on surface level. I, I, do, I do interrupt you a lot to make <laughs> dumb jokes when you're like trying to do basic housekeeping and actually your job. So, you know, I, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, were, were you trying to were you trying to suggest that we should do a cooking show though because we both have some interest in cooking or <laughs> well I was saying you don't you don't have a lot of interest in cooking do you I don't know what your interest level in cooking is I love to cook I cook all the time uh, I, I'm a I'm a lazy person I enjoy the act of cooking but yeah. when I'm just cooking for myself I I know like when it's just for me it's like fuck it I don't care I'll just <laughs> heat up the rice cooker and stir some broccoli yeah I, I feel like that's true of a lot of people yeah it's just like oh you know there probably should be a side dish to go with this. Uh, thing i'm making but you know i'm just gonna have twice amount twice the amount 
of the thing I'm eating rather than making a side dish with it. Or or uh, the, the opposite, which I found myself in so much, like, oh, wow, all I have is this massive quantity of a thing that's normally meant to be a side dish. <laughs> oh, all, all, I've, all I've got is, um, all I've got is 24 stuffed mushroom um, hors d'oeuvres that you heat up in the oven as, like, hors d'oeuvres for a party. Well, it's either that or go to the store that's two blocks away. <laughs> Guess I'm going to eat all of these for dinner. Um... You know, so it's one or the other of those. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love this episode quite a bit. Uh, do you want to try and guess what the title of it is? I, I have some options. Okay, I can't wait to hear them. Uh, the Boy of Cooking. Uh, okay. Salt, Fat, Acid, Al. Um, <laughs> the Al's Beard Cookbook, like the James Beard Cookbook. Okay, all right. My mom would be so proud of me if she knew that I was making jokes about the James Beard cookbook I'll call right her now. After yeah, let her know. I know you guys are good friends. <laughs> um, cooking with Timrel Lagasse. Not not my best, I promise. And then oh, that just this very second reminded me that Emerald had a sitcom for a short lived period of time. Emerald had a sitcom? Yeah. <laughs> Back the food truck up. <laughs> Why aren't we doing that podcast? Why are we stuck with this home improvement shit when we could be watching Emerald's show? <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, last but not least, last but in fact the most, I am not a cook. That's, no, that's not, that's not what Nixon sounds like. I'm trying to go, I am not a cook. Nope, that's also not, that's more like Sauron. Yeah. I am not a cook. I am not a cook. Like, I have to jiggle my, my jowls You have manually. to do physical augmentation in order to get the sound to come out. State-of-the-art Nixon impersonations here on Grunt Work. Cutting-edge stuff. Uh, are, were any of those spot on? Uh, no, they weren't. Um, and I have a feeling that this title is going to make you kick yourself while simultaneously going, eh, it doesn't really do much. Um, so with me imparting that on you as your reaction, the <laughs> episode title is... Too many cooks. God damn it. <laughs> I mean, really, I would wager that the, the issue here is too few cooks because Tim isn't being sufficiently helpful at first. Mm. And then he wants to leave and Al is like, but I need you. So yeah. really, it's a it's a, it's the scarcity of cooks that really drives the the deep primal conflict at the heart of this episode of Home Improvement. I and But, you know, I would go one step further to say that they could have altered the subplot in that. There could have been a story where everyone was giving Randy conflicting advice on how to approach Beth, mm. and thus it being too many cooks. Instead, everything seems to work out just fine for Randy. I, true. I <laughs> I think that would be a much better way to take it, and I also kind of wish that they would reverse engineer from their titles a little bit more. <laughs> Normally, I think that would be a bad idea, but this show sometimes needs a little shoring up in the plot department. Um, all right, you know what? Shame on me for not guessing that one. I know home improvement. I should have. I should have figured they'd go with too many cooks. Um, although much like the popular viral video, this is a corny sitcom. <laughs> it's true. So and potentially has a serial killer in it. I, yes, yes, yes. We'll see as, as time keeps going by. In, in fact, there is a moment in this episode that I want to call into question of uh, of the production department. Uh. Well, you know, the best way to call moments into question yeah. is to just uh, is to just smash through the wall like the Kool-Aid man and dive into this thing. Oh, yeah. I if there was I don't want to just yell. Oh, yeah. Again, but I don't know any other Kool-Aid man <laughs> catchphrases. Do do a sound effect of a wall breaking. Gush. Oh, yeah. Bum, bum. Kool-Aid man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what it was. 
I, the worst thing is I got mostly a full night's sleep last night. I have no excuse to be this dumb. Uh, we start on the set of Tool Time going into Binford's corner, and the first thing we see is uh, the roided-out version of the Grunt Creep. Yeah. Now, here's what I started to wonder uh, seeing this, and we, we've kind of posed this in the past. Are the Grunt... So we, we, the question we've asked before is, are there multiple grunt creeps? Yes. The question that I am now morphing that into is that, are they like the gremlins, where like each one has their own little personality, or uh, for you horror fans out there, the Puppet Master series, where there are different puppets with different powers... Uh, so, um, I'm wondering if there's like, you know, this is, this is the, the roided out, uh, grunt creep character. And there's one that's like the, the ringleader of them all. And there's one that's, uh, you know, I, okay. I'll, I'll see your theory and raise it. <laughs> Good. They're like a boy band. So there's like, there's the hot one. I, I don't know. I don't know which one we saw today. <laughs> Maybe this is the hot one. Cause he's got the beefy arms. Yeah. There's the hot one. There's the, the sweet one is probably the the grunt creep that is just bouncing around um there's the 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 one that that loves oil is the one that dove into that oil slick uh i'm gonna raise it even further okay and say going that this this boy band of the grunt creeps um are the actual authors of the theme song to home improvement And they can only mm. speak in grunts, therefore that's why the only lyrics to the Home Improvement theme song is... So are there then just three of them because each of them grunts once in the opening well, credits? Well, no, there's only there's one, like one lead singer. Mm. So one of them plays bass. Yeah, one of them plays the buzzsaw. <laughs> Uh, and and one of them and one of them makes the uh, the parchment rolling up sound followed by yowie 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 yowie. Uh, so th- the point is we got all these grunt creeps yeah. out there, and we've got specifically the armed grunt creep, the heavily armed grunt creep waving at us when the <laughs> yes. episode starts. And then Tim and Al kind of run into frame and shove him out of the way and uh, start talking about car alarms and yeah how to protect car sec- your car car security yeah um i did like uh usually tim's little nickname jabs at al are annoying but this, this one kind of got me he says yeah. i am tim the tool man taylor and joined always is l this land is boar land <laughs> I, and and afterwards i was like wait that wasn't an insult i think i actually <laughs> liked that one that was just a fun play on his name yeah <laughs> um so they talk about car alarms tim for some reason needs visual aids to talk about how a secure car is a happy car and an insecure car costs thousands in therapy so it's like one of the cars is smiling the other one is sad and it's up on blocks plus therapy is good for anybody whether you're experiencing problems or not experiencing problems yeah and therapy is good for any inanimate object too whether your car or your blender your refrigerator (laughs) everything needs therapy it's true and also like, they show the car up on blocks, but the main thing that they're advertising is the Binford 6100 steering wheel lock. Yeah. Your your wheels, like, that's not going to stop your wheels from getting put up on blocks. That's, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're not going right. to solve that problem. Um, plus, so, and then the joke of this is that Tim uh, brings out his mo- more powered version of the, the lock, and it's a... Um, Binford it, 61 million. It's a, <laughs> it's a club uh, for the size of, like, a giant's car. I mean, it's yeah. so huge. It's comically huge. But my question with this is like, okay, that's not to be unexpected of Tim, but he's now overshadowing the actual product that sponsors the show with one of his jokes. <laughs> and I'm wondering if this is like, uh, 
you know, the the issue he had with that reciprocating saw uh, <laughs> way back in the day when he went, you know, into the 90s vortex of that office. Um, if this is his way to kind of subversively overshadow any product that is released by Binford that he's not a fan of, oh. is he'll just kind of wave a <laughs> huge joke in front of it so that people forget about it. Yeah. Oh, you think this thing looks cool? Well, what about this even cooler, better thing that yeah. doesn't actually exist that I just made up? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so it's really, it's, it's, it's guerrilla sabotage of your marketing. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Uh, uh, and then <laughs> there's another moment here where, um, I feel like this happens, I don't know, every three or four episodes where I get on this weird same mental wavelength as Al, or I guess the writers of the show because Al doesn't exist, but uh, don't where say that. I, don't say that. I have a thought and then it's almost verbatim uh, brought out by Al the next second. I remember this moment. I know what this moment is. And I wish I could remember what it was that... Tim was saying here. Well, you got it? Well, it, you know, the the setup for it is Al says something about like, well, if you want a more sophisticated oh, uh, yes. car alarm, you'll do this. And then Al says something something about, Al says, if you want a more sophisticated alarm, and then he like turns away or pauses, big mistake. And then Tim goes, then you'll want to watch Masterpiece Born. <laughs> and the whole time I'm going through my head is like, that is the furthest thing from an English accent I've ever heard. And then... <laughs> Al turns to Tim and goes, was that an English accent? <laughs> <laughs> do you think that, that that Tim Allen sort of improvised that I do. bit? Like, so they, they went through, like, a bunch of different versions, and then he did that one, and that was just, they somehow cut right before they both break down laughing. After. Yeah, because I there's a moment with Richard Karn where he says that, and he takes, like, a moment of satisfaction. I see the, like, the, the fissures of the character breaking a bit, <laughs> where it's Richard Karn taking pride in being able to tag a joke to Tim, you know, uh, kind of a, a table's turn sort of situation, because Tim's the stand-up comic, et cetera, et cetera. But. And also, Tim Tim doesn't have, like, a ready reaction on deck, either. He kind of just <laughs> right. stands there uh, for a second and doesn't really do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, but then Tim talks about the new electric car alarm he installed on this car in the studio, and he recorded his own. Yeah, it's thing about as it. funny as you'd expect. About as funny as the the drawer alarms from uh, the closet he made last season. Yeah, um, yeah. But what it reminded me of that I completely forgot existed were those talking car alarms from the nineties. Oh 90s. yeah, step away from the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I those things must have gone out of style because I definitely have not heard one at least in 15 20 years. Like how does that make any sense? Like I'm you know, I'm con if you're concerned about your car getting stolen it's cuz you're parking it in an urban area where people are going to walk past <laughs> it a lot. So then you install something that makes your car an annoyance and draws attention to it. Like yeah. you're just making yourself a target for vandalism maybe, at that point. Maybe maybe it's really targeting uh robbers with uh technophobia <laughs> just like people who have a, a, an immense fear of ai it's like it it really it really only it was actually really big in the canadian market because all of these robbers would be already to smash the car and they say step away from the car and the robbers are like ah shoot got me again ah, <laughs> ah sorry and then they have to you know step away so we go to the opening credits unless you have anything else there i don't and i actually don't even have anything for the opening theme credits well, uh, you don't want to mention there were screws behind Patricia Richardson, because... Uh, uh, no, I'm going to save that for at least next season. Yeah, okay, okay. We'll, we'll stretch that one out a little bit. <laughs> um, so we return to Tool Time After Hours, and 
and already I'm I as soon as it starts I'm like oh tool time after hours uh, we always love this and then there's talk you know there's all these older women coming in and getting into the audience and Tim asks who are these people as he walks in and it's like oh it's cooking with Irma they're getting started early yeah and so it's like a combination of tool time after hours and cooking with Irma before hours yeah it's the answer to all this is the thing we've always speculated about what cooking right. with Irma is this is a very eye-opening episode in terms of how the production company or the the studio that they record this in works yeah i have questions a little bit later once the episode starts but a similar yes. tim i mean tool time the set of it breaks away essentially and then they move um the the cooking with irma set in its place yeah, it which rolls su- right in. surprises me yeah i would have thought that it was like a normal studio i don't know for any of you who haven't been on a studio tour it's usually a number of sets set up next to each other mm-hmm. with a, a very long spanning um audience section uh and then audiences you know sometimes move as you know different lighting setups are are um done between shots and uh or they'll play certain segments over top of the uh the monitors above the audience and get your reaction that way um this really does show that it's a cable a a rink-a-dink cable network where you only have one audience section and yeah that dictates the studio or the the set that's going to be presented in front of it yeah the audience doesn't move with the set the sets move to the audience yes right <laughs> which is which is why that's really the benefit of getting tickets to tool time is that all the, the all of the entertainment comes to you you don't have to do any work <laughs> um but that also means uh that if they're just ending their tool time episode and irma is just starting hers um with all of Tim's shenanigans, like they have to be a, a pretty regimented uh, schedule. You know, if they have to get out of there on time to get that new audience in there, that turnaround's got to be pretty hectic. Uh, yeah, or or just every Tool Time episode, they never even open the toolbox because they only they they do twenty two minutes of Tim's <laughs> clowning, and then it's like, okay, cut it. The yeah, real right. show's coming. Um, but yeah, so they they go and they visit with Irma on mm-hmm. her set as it uh, gets pushed in, and she's making ratatouille and. Tim, well, let's not let's not go too quickly over oh, the right. fact that we meet Irma. Oh, okay, actually, yeah, we meet Irma. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here I am, all about the plot and the and the just the basic bare bones of things. Yeah, I mean, this Irma. is a woman we've been talking. I mean, to me, it's like seeing Sir Larry again. I yes. mean, it's it's a character that has a mythos. Yes, uh, and we're finally seeing a face to it. Yeah, it's like um, Ve- it's like Vera actually walked into Cheers. I now, get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, does. Irma live up to your expectations, your mental picture. Yeah, she does. She, uh, I mean, when you say, when A, when you picture a woman who hosts a cooking show, you yeah. automatically picture an older woman. And I'm going to be <laughs> real, folks, you, you probably picture a white woman, too. Let's just be real. And so she, sure enough, like, has that kind of sweet grandmotherly yeah. look to her. Like, so to me, she was everything I, I was wishing for and more. What about, <laughs> what did you feel? I feel the same way, but I, I definitely was picturing more of an Ellen Dow character. Mm. She's kind of the uh, wedding singer and... Um, oh, you know, the kind of like really brittle the the the, the rap and the rapping grandma in exactly that movie. yeah you hop you hippie <laughs> yeah uh, instead we get Angela Patton um, who is uh, you know what hold on let me pull this up star of the movie Patton uh, she is she has a very rich abounding abundant bountiful breeding copious and fertile career. Ah, very good, very good. You're finally that that word of the day calendar has finally paid off. You've just been tearing them off and keeping them. <laughs> oh man, um, she 
has credits going back for forever. In fact, I just want to point out her, her first credit because I didn't know this. Um, apparently, she played a homicide detective in Dirty Harry. <laughs> I love that. I want to see that. There uh, weren't there weren't enough like sassy lady homicide detectives in seventies movies, <laughs> uh, but people probably know her best from uh, Groundhog Day. Oh wait, is she the one who who owns the B and B? Yeah, Mrs. Lannister. Oh, okay. or Lancaster. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ch- chance of departure one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, which came out right around the uh, a little bit before this, so oh. that's kind of like she was in that uh cordial old lady mode at this point <laughs> of her career so she was typecast <laughs> uh for good reason maybe. yeah i guess yeah, she's yeah she's good at it i mean she slays this role i mean she's not gonna play a homicide detective uh in 94 going off of the set of cooking with irma to but what if <laughs> she did not enough old lady homicide detective shows i know that there is murder she wrote but she's not really a cop i want right. like the wire but old ladies solving crimes <laughs> And I, I want these ladies to have filthy mouths. I want them to be swearing nonstop. I want someone to be drinking on the job. Who's got Betty White's number? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, we gotta gotta get going on that one too. Yeah. Like make make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> um. So, but we so they meet they meet with Irma. We yes. meet with Irma. Uh, and she's making ratatouille. Yes. Which Tim makes a joke about her putting rats in her food, and also tui, and he makes kind of fun of the way that she said it. I actually I love this this joke. I thought it was kind of funny because he goes, she's talking about making ratatouille, and he goes, "Oh yeah, well, remind me again. How many? What parts uh, are rat, and what part is the tatouille?" <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny. Yeah, well, I mean, it was. I, I just uh, Tim interacts with Irma the same way he interacts with everyone else, which is just by completely tearing them Fair. down and mocking yeah. them at every every turn. And the way that the show has kind of hand waved this. And they've done this with some other characters before, too, to kind of, like, just make sense of how Tim can behave this way. And Irma is just always saying, like, oh, Tim, you're so funny. Oh, I love your wit. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, sure, sure, guys. Of course she loves Tim. But she loves Al Moore, and I think that that is why he's able to get away with a little bit of this stuff in this scene. Fair, fair. And she does indeed get her revenge on Tim when yeah. she lays down the parameters of what she wants Al to do. Well, what are those parameters? Well, so she explains that her little radish, which I guess is her daughter, just gave birth to a little cabbage. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that because uh, are radishes and cabbages from the same family? I mean, I, I'm not sure. I know that a cabbage is much larger than a radish. <laughs> so that's one thing to consider. Maybe it's a C-section. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, they, uh, so the point is her daughter's just had a baby, she's going to go out and and visit her for a week, and she needs somebody to cover for her on the show, so she asks Al and Tim to do it, Yeah, because who else is qualified to host a cooking show? This, okay, hold the phone for a second. So we gotta, this is the beginning of a thousand questions I have about how this operation runs. Okay. First of all, why would you ask the hosts of another show to host your show it it would be like it would be like if we were on a podcasting network with a sports show and they were like hey we're going out of town for a week (laughs) truman and landon why don't you pick up and just do our thing right what what about reruns exactly i Uh, mean is she contractually you know obligated to put out a certain amount of episodes a year or it's that that's weird i mean and also the fact that it's the show is cooking with irma yeah 
and the whole appeal of it's like it's the brand is Irma. Yeah, right. I wouldn't watch painting with Bob Ross with uh, Kinca- uh, Thomas Kincaid. Or, oh, God, uh, or, I can't get a word out of my mouth. Or, or Bob Vila instead of Bob <laughs> Ross. Yeah, you know, it would have made more sense to go with someone who wasn't another painter. Hey, hey, man, no, they under- <laughs> they understand. It's low sleep. It's low sleep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I. But to tell you the truth, I would watch painting with Bob, Bob Vila. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't watch diners, drive-ins, and dives with Bob Ross. <laughs> or would I actually? Because <laughs> then he'd just be talking about happy little donkey sauce. <laughs> I think we are creating a whole new genre of cross-pollinated shows that we need to see. This is what the the twenty twenties are going to look like. <laughs> He's he's just got you know he's just got his big you know uh, fried fried chicken waffle grilled cheese sandwich whatever that he's making and he's like okay and then we're just gonna dab a little bit of salt onto there and then it completely like changes it in a new way like <laughs> yeah. when he when he uh, does the paint scraper on the trees and then he breaks off a little piece to feed to a uh, squirrel that's in his pocket <laughs> exactly just like the just like the little something for for all the animals out there I don't, this is again this is I think I'm still working on my Jimmy Carter impression I think every impression you have stems from a southern accent yeah. <laughs> Basically, basically, it's just me trying to get one over on the South. Every impression I do. Uh, so, ta- you know, yeah, Irma makes this offer. Al is very excited about it. And then Irma reveals that she wants Al to be the host and Tim to assist Al. And uh, Tim isn't sure how he feels about that. No, but Al is. Al loves it. Do you know what, the line that he uses that I love? I would love the opportunity. I would relish it. <laughs> This is this episode is filled with uh, portmanteaus and puns and and wordplay on food, and I love every second of it. Food play, if you will. Um, oh, the one other thing, if I can quickly just backtrack to to slam Tim though, Alan Irma at first are are bonding over how much they love cooking and talking about recipes they've tried and different yes. ingredients. Yes, oh, I know what you're gonna say. And Tim yeah. says, "You gals have so much in common." Because cooking's a girl's thing, I guess. And anything feminine is bad. I just, again, it's the same old song every time, but yeah. I just, I wanted to, that pissed me off in the moment, yeah. so now we're talking about it. Uh, I mean, the man's version of Ratatouille has barbed wire in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> barbed wire and actual rats, because men <laughs> only like disgusting, painful things. Uh, apparently. So we get a salad transition. Yeah, we in- go... <laughs> Yeah, just to explain, that's individual pieces of lettuce and tomato being flung at the screen and transitioning us. Okay. Uh, a tossed salad, if you will. But no eggs. <laughs> uh, we go back home uh, where Mark and Randy are coming home from school with their school class portraits. Yes. Well, I guess it's not a portrait if it's a of the entire class. Yeah. I, I Group photo. Yeah. This the, is what I was looking for. Look, honestly, those manila envelopes probably have a single one of just the kid and then also the, the class photo in them as well. Yeah. That's my guess. <laughs> Comes home and uh, in the process of showing off their photos to mom. Yeah. Uh, Mark doesn't know right from left. Yes. Yeah, he says, like, that's 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 me, third from the right. And he's like, you're a little Asian girl? I mean, left. <laughs> uh, and then Randy points himself out, and he's not too happy with how he looks. Because, according to Jill, he's looking at the girl next to him with his tongue hanging out. And uh, <laughs> that, That's been my tried and true approach to women my whole life. The kind of wily e. Coyote, like, awooga! <laughs> no, no, nothing, nothing so objective like that, uh, objectifying like that. More just... 
dumbfounded uh, slackjaw. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah the, the Cliff Clavin method. I, I've, <laughs> yes, I've, exactly. I've practiced it myself. Uh, yeah, and so this is uh, Randy's first little crush, and like yeah. Randy explains to Jill that he's thinking about asking this girl Beth to go steady. And then also reveals that he's never talked to her before. And Jill suggests, well, maybe you should try talking to her first. Yeah. This is... Oh, okay, so sometimes I'm not on board with uh, Jill's parenting method. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Going back to an older episode where she's trying to teach Brad how to dance. Mm-hmm. And in this moment where she's saying, let's do a little role play. I'll be Beth and you be you. And just talk to me. And I'm like... Yeah. I think the intentions are good, but no boy wants to have a role play session with his mom in terms of asking out a girl. Hey, just pretend that me, your mother, who you're blood related to, is in fact the object of your nascent sexual desires. <laughs> What's wrong with that, Randy? Why don't you want to? Uh, a real serial killer would have an unhealthy yeah. connection to your mom. And maybe this is, some again, some sort of subversive way to get the um, psychology... <laughs> Uh, uh, foreshadowing in there. Yeah. Where, you know, she's... Freud, I mean, it's very Freudian is all I'm saying. Yes, yes. Frazier would have a field day. Um, So, but, yeah, so it's just basically she's coaching him on how, how, how to talk to girls. Mm-hmm. And one of them is... She's like, just just start with hello. Yeah. And then Randy goes, hello. Yeah, that's good. Hello. And then he stands up and starts trying to like, hello. Or should he say, hi. What about, hi, Beth. No, 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 she knows her name is Beth. Why am I telling her what her name is? And it's fun, like, watching him, like, yeah. this is the sort of thing Al would do, like, overthinking it and rehearsing it. It's interesting you say that, because I, I think that this is well-written. Uh, it's certainly something I think most people can relate to, and I'm saying most people so that I don't have to say myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there, it, it, to me, highlights a bit of the weakness of Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Really? I think he does a fine job, but playing something someone that isn't confident uh someone that's a little insecure seems oddly to be out of his wheelhouse <laughs> for a nine or ten year old boy uh or i guess 11 maybe at this point like it's weird i i it comes to more fruition in the later scene but i'm like i don't believe that you don't know how to talk to this girl <laughs> i think the words you're saying are the exact thoughts that are going through my head <laughs> so i think that a, the writer knows exactly <laughs> what i'm going through but i think it comes naturally to him yeah, I think that um, if only he could have heard us giving a bad review to his performance, he then would have had less confidence, and then he could have used that <laughs> in order to be more compelling in this role. But yeah. I, I agree. This is this is a guy, uh, this is a boy who is already, I'm sure, never had any trouble getting girls to like him, because <laughs> yeah. you know that he had to be the cutest, most charismatic kid at whatever school he was going to before he right. got on this show. And that would continue, I'm sure, for the rest of his life on E! True Hollywood Story, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Do you have anything else from that scene? Uh, no, nothing else from that. Um, really, I've just got a bunch of stuff about uh, cooking with Irma time. Oh, well, we're going to get there in a second. Do you have what the transition was for this one? I honestly don't remember what the transition yeah, was I don't for either. this one. We're, we failed our jobs, guys. <laughs> Uh, so we go backstage with cooking with Irma, which is strange. Yes. Um, as they're going through kind of, um, Al is, is putting on his chef's hat and apron and, uh, asks him if he brought his, uh, and Tim brought one from home, which says, you kill it, I'll grill it. 
And honestly, though, what did you expect? If you didn't I give him an umbrella yourself. I don't also think that that's wholly inappropriate. I mean, you know what brand you're getting with Tim. Yeah. And if you know that Tim is going to be bringing that brand to this other show, like he's not going to be wearing a floral apron. I mean, you'd almost expect him to be wearing something with, uh, you know, the what do you call those things? I, I'm trying to remember what things you mean. Like, <laughs> it's not going to come out um the studded uh pleats nope i don't know barbed wire Bar- yeah uh, let's just go with barbed yeah, wire farts, that's i don't know <laughs> the straps are barbed wire and uh and the apron is made of lava because it yeah. can't be comfortable yeah there you go i think that uh <laughs> god i think that i'm melting knowing that that this is a I don't know. I honestly, I think that kind of apron for a for a northern Michigan based cooking show probably works because probably a lot of the audience <laughs> are hunters anyway. Yeah. Well, not in this audience. No. These these. I wish this audience was more like the day to day tool time <laughs> audience. I love these. This ladies. is. I my note in here is this is the alternate universe that we deserve. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I want to see the show where it's yeah where it's Al hosting this alone. Tim yeah. is dead. Um, <clears throat> Well, let's go into some of the questions we have here. So we we go into they start taping. Yeah. And what do we get at the very beginning of of this uh, recording? Well, we get Heidi coming out in a chef's getup, saying it's some version of everybody know what time it is, yeah. and everyone goes, "It's cooking with Irma time," <laughs> which suggests that every show produced at this studio. <laughs> Has the same person introducing it and the same format. And the theme music sounds like it's like it's like the cousin of the of the grunt work theme song. Yeah. Uh, which is so. Oh, my God. Just a million questions. I, there is a version where I can see Tim and Al going. Heidi's an integral part of our thing. And is us. she? Is well. she? How much have we seen her this season? More than Pamela Anderson in the first two seasons. Okay, true. Um, so, but whatever the case, I can see them arguing. Okay, let's let's bring her over. It's just kind of a fun in joke to those that watch both programs. But then Al says uh, right after the the music cuts out, "Thanks, Klaus," which tells me that Klaus does the music and audio for both shows. And that just got me wondering, as you just mentioned. Is there the same crews for both shows? Like, what is the the workflow here? Like, because if that's true, that is a lot of that's a long ass day for those production crews. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The, like, the, Tim and Al go home, and these people have to move a whole new set in, and then also it's a completely different kind of setup for a show with different right. lighting needs and camera location needs. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't get it. If it's just the the whole idea is, if you've got a show, if you got an idea for a cable access show. You can shoot it here, but it has to be introduced by this lady, and the and the introduction has to be, does everybody know what well, time it is? it's interesting that you mention it that way, um, because you know, I'm thinking of like uh, some like audio recording spaces out here in Los Angeles or anywhere, really. You, have, you can hire the, the technical crews uh, whenever you rent those spaces, so maybe it is something like that, where it's just like, this is so-and-so, well, it'd probably be Binford Studios, if we're being perfectly honest. <laughs> Binford Studios uh that you know employs all of this crew and then you get them with your show whenever you this is good good radio that they call it the, the like the name for the studio is the Binford 6900 showmaker <laughs> and it's every, every whatever kind of show you want to make it'll come out same as the one before it <laughs> so then we get uh, Al coming out to 
basically the same setup uh, as Tool Time, and he goes, I'm Al the Food Man Borland. And uh, <laughs> I love that he's able to get his little dig in at Tim, yeah. saying, and you all know my assistant, Tim doesn't know Gumbo from Dumbo Taylor. Huge laughs. Huge laughs. <laughs> and and this sets the tone very quickly for what the rest of the broadcast is, because every single thing Al says, all these old ladies in the audience crack up at it. Yeah. Also a touch that I loved, many of the old ladies in the audience are wearing uh, chef hats with <laughs> Cooking with Irma on them, just like the guys in the... the tool time yeah, hats. Yeah, the trucker hats. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Al goes into talking about how to make gumbo and is very good at and also what i noticed they've got they actually have like an overhead camera that's shooting down into the gumbo pot like you actually got on a real cooking show (laughs) which i thought was a nice touch yeah and he's you know talking about the things that you put in it and what you what you add and how you season it and my first takeaway is that al borland is the original salt bay like he's (laughs) you know he he gets the elbow up and is like it is is drizzling it down like that i um (laughs) You know, he would have gone viral if yeah. there had been an internet for him to be viral on. <laughs> and do we want to go into the jokes Tim is making? Well, I think it's interesting in that he, he's making jokes that are out of character for Tim. It's it's strange. I mean, I, the writers obviously are posing him as like, as you said, Al's jokes are landing and Tim's jokes are just um, grating on the audience. But I don't quite... I mean, Tim even articulates this at one point in this this little scene here where he's making jokes like Oklahoma mm-hmm. and, uh, oh, that's the cousin to, you know, Arkansas, and, which are funny, objectively funny jokes that typically Al would make. Yeah. And, I mean, so for one thing, it seems out of character for Tim, but another thing, it seems like the type of jokes that the audience of Cooking with Irma would like. And then Al makes a joke very similarly... Uh, fashioned, and then they all burst out laughing. He says, do you think they call it Cajun cooking because they cook it in a cage? Which Which is not true. That's not... And it's not even quite as funny as Arkansas. Arkansas is very funny. Yeah. Arkansas is very, very good. Credit where credit's due. So, there are a couple possibilities here. One, we go back to this theory that we had a couple weeks ago that Tool Time and now Cooking with Irma is actually scripted and written by both Al Borland and Tim, uh, the Tool Man Taylor, mm-hmm. which is why Tim is saying jokes that he wouldn't normally make mm-hmm. uh, because they're actually written by Al. Yeah. Or, uh, and possibly the more satisfying of the two, uh, women just hate Tim Taylor. <laughs> that That's... <laughs> That's what I like, and that's what I prefer, is this note that every time there's this shot of these women just who are so not having it and are not amused <laughs> yeah. and not buying Tim's shit, it's like, it's like they think the joke is funny, but they, they are willing themselves not to laugh to punish Tim, and I like that. <laughs> to see Tim I like that. out of his environment and finally getting the script flipped on him, that yeah. made me very happy. Um, he does somehow... Okay, so I want to bring in one line of his in particular. So they're making this gumbo... And uh, Tim says, well, you know, if you wanted to, you could throw uh, Al's mom in there and call it Jumbo Gumbo. And then he goes, ha ha, ha ha, as the audience doesn't laugh. And uh, then he goes, well, you'd have to know Al's mom uh, to get that joke. And I'm like, but does Tool Time know Al's mom? Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been, we've never seen Al's yeah. mom short of like one weird shadow thing. Right. And also you're talking to an audience full of mothers. Well, and you'd have to know Al's mom to get that joke. She's a large, angry woman. Well, large, angry woman, like many of you out there today. What the hell, Tim? Yeah. 
Oh my god. That would get him pulled from TV so quickly. And it would get him Roseanne, basically. <laughs> also, just the fact that he says, you'd have to know Al's mom to get that joke. So what he's basically saying is, I just made a really cruel joke about this woman. If you knew this woman personally, you would really appreciate the super cruel joke that I made about her. <laughs> Oh boy. Um the the last thing I want to bring up in this uh this scene is toward the end we get a little bit of physical comedy where uh Tim is trying the ingredients on the counter and yes. ends up biting into a jalapeno. Yeah. Uh, and burning his mouth and then washing it out with water. Um not good. There's this whole comedy of errors thing happening where Al then says, "Well, you don't want to wash it out with water because it makes it worse." And then he hands him a glass of milk, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um but this <laughs> Sent me into a little bit of uh, nostalgia. Do you do you know do you know what I'm going to bring up? Uh, I don't know what you're going to bring up. I, I, we don't know each other that well. I can't read your mind yet. <laughs> well, this is one of our first uh, indications to me that that we had a good rapport. Um, that you and I were on this uh, uh, weekend birthday getaway, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we barely knew each other at the time. <laughs> This is our meat cute. Go on. And uh, and we were having a big breakfast for everybody. Uh, I think they were, it was either like make your own omelets or, or breakfast burritos or something, so, yeah. but there were just ingredients everywhere. And I had chopped up jalapenos because they're my favorite thing in the world. And at some point, I don't know why, I maybe just didn't wash my hands completely and I wiped my eye and I had jalapeno in my eye. Now... <laughs> This is a room full of about 20 people. Truman is the only person who cares enough about my suffering to try and help me as I run over to the sink and try to wash my eyes out with water and it starts burning more. And someone, I think, just nonchalantly says, uh, you know, does anyone have any milk? And then you try to get me to wash my eyes out with milk. No, I think, A, it was coffee creamer because there wasn't milk i go i go into the fridge i'm trying to, everyone else could not give less of a shit and i'm like i'm digging through the the fridge and i'm like yeah. there's no milk but there's creamer would creamer work and, I, and and like but you at one point yelled like truman i'm not gonna put creamer in my eyes <laughs> oh man uh, yeah as as a table full of 20 people just stared at us going through this honestly it looked probably looked like a cooking with Irma bit cuz <laughs> you had the whole counter in front of us as we were doing it and no one was laughing there uh, were no laughs i was laughing even while i was tearing up uh, from the jalapenos cuz i'm like this is just a ludicrous <laughs> scene right now a, a rush of too many emotions yeah <laughs> um you know, I know milk is what you do if you get pepper sprayed in the eye, so it is for real okay. if you get jalapeno. In the- I just want you to know, even now, that I was still right. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, God. Um. Well, so that does happen. And the upshot to all of this happening to Tim, though, is that then his mouth gets so badly burned he can't speak anymore, so presumably yeah. the rest of the show goes very well. And it gets so hot that fire comes out of his mouth, oh, uh, right. and then smoke transitions us into um, a very disorienting cooking with irma after dark uh and al is saying goodbye to a few lingering guests who are doting over him and he goes well remember what the weatherman said uh it might be chilly today but it's gonna be hot tamale uh and they they eat it up they just love it literally well figuratively it's a cooking show (laughs) that that kind of fits 
Um, so Tim is just really butthurt because uh, nobody thought he was funny. And honestly, though, I know that he's butthurt because Tim isn't joking around. Tim seems like kind of a shell of his former self. Yeah. And it's delicious. <laughs> well, and then this, you know, going into these issues that you and I both have with Tim Taylor, uh, after the show, and you could tell Al is like floating, you know, just so high off of having such a great experience. Yeah. Literally, the first thing out of Tim's mouth is, how did I do? Or or some variation of that. Like, what about me? Yeah. Uh, not, oh, good job hosting today, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was yeah. just like, how did I do? Or, yeah. uh, oh, my God, the audience, you know, Al's like, oh, my God, the audience, I love that experience. And mm. he's like, well, they didn't love me. Uh, it's like. Yeah, like, why not build this person yeah, up, your friend, supposedly? So annoying. And then um, Al gets his few pot shots in by saying, well, mm. you know, once uh, once you were in too much pain to talk, I think it really took off. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so Tim winds up saying, like, oh, you know, well, I'm, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to come back tomorrow. I'm not going to do it tomorrow. You don't need me. I'm just I'm just slowing everything down. And only he says it without as much deference as you're giving it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it did. It stood, it stood out to me that he says something like, uh, you don't need my help or something like he said something that could be construed as him giving credit to another human being. Sure. But it's in, I think, the undertones of it. And you can kind of hear it in his tone of voice is you don't need me. So because I don't want to be here. Mm. I'm not going to be. Yeah, yeah, that is also a, a, a yeah, true. Um, and you know, Al accuses Tim of just not wanting to do it because he, you know you you just don't want to do it because you can't be center of attention. And Tim says, "No, I just don't want to be your dopey sidekick." And then Al turns the tables and says, "Well, what am, is that? What I am on tool time to you? All of this." And Tim, I, why, why Tim? You go. He goes, I've never called you a sidekick, which is like, OK, so you call it what, what to what extent are you what are you trying to accomplish with that? I Yeah. You know, and also you just used the word sidekick a second ago anyway. Yeah. I yeah. Uh, so, again, this is more of Tim just like the biggest emotional blind spot in front of him that he just chooses to ignore. Like, yeah. oh, I should be supporting my friend, even though I'm not enjoying it. So. I don't know. Did you have more from 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 cooking with Irma after hours? The only thing is that at, at his peak, at Tim's peak annoyance, he goes, "You're just guest hosting a cable cooking show." <laughs> at what which point I'm just like, "Well, wait a minute. I mean, you're you're perma hosting a cable <laughs> tool show. Yeah, your insult makes no sense because you're basically just insulting the institution at which also employs you. Yeah, and and to be fair, if Tim took that attitude towards himself, where it's like, okay, okay, I'm just the host of a cable tool show, then maybe he wouldn't be such a pompous dick. Like, yeah, he thinks right. it means the world for him. Yeah. Anyway, so, this yeah. transitions to us going back home, uh, where Brad and Ashley, um, or actually, Brad says that Ashley says <laughs> that... Beth is into Randy. Oh my God, that yeah. took me back to middle school. I, I know, I know. This this is really a lot of a lot of PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. That whole that, that whole kind of <laughs> lengthy chain of like, oh, she likes you, but she likes you, likes you. Yeah. Oh my God, forth. I can't. Uh, this is a, a topic. Like uh, anyone that has grown up in the age of social media, like go back and watch something like this, where you have to go through these back channels of uh. like. Did he? Oh, maybe maybe they still do. I'm sure there's a version of that. But like, we had to like write it on folders, and we had to like pass notes and shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
I have a feeling it's a slightly different experience. Now it's all like who liked whose Instagram picture or who, you know, swiped left on whatever. You know, right. eighth grade directed by Bo Burnham taught me everything <laughs> I need to know about the kids these days. Uh, but yeah, so they're talking about they're talking about that plan to uh, get uh, get Ashley to give Beth the nod or, or whatever to, yeah. to get approval. So Tim walks in and he hears about Randy's struggle to uh, find something to say to Beth. And he says, oh, just talk about yourself all the time. Women love that. And he says it, I feel like, with a little too much earnestness. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he's halfway joking, but really mainly serious. Yeah. And also, during this conversation, I noticed this. Tim is drinking a beer. Yeah, he is. And uh, this is a product placement for my favorite brand of beer, uh, Beer. It's beer brand beer. It literally is beer with a capital B. If you look closely at the label on the neck of the bottle, it just says beer in like Budweiser font and colors. It's from the same umbrella company that does uh, yellow soda <laughs> that they also drink a lot. Yes. Yeah, but not Binford beer. Yeah. Not not yet. I'm not, sure, uh, sure that will be branded down the line. Although, if memory serves me, there is a beer called Beer. Uh, I it, I think it came out way after this, but it's just like it's like yeah, a house yeah. beer, and the can just says beer on it. Oh no, I think we you know we've talked about this too. Yep, yeah, I remember we've discussed this in the past. Beer brand beer, just the generic uh, uh, factory brand, whatever. Yeah. Well, this has been your uh, P PSA for recycling. So. <laughs> So anyway, Tim starts talking to Jill about about you know Jill is Jill is making the recipe that they did that day on cooking with Irma, and Jill is talking about you know how badly Tim did and all of that. Tim is saying how he doesn't want to go back tomorrow, and they're sparring over it. And uh, you know he says something about how how he doesn't like being an assistant or being a second banana, and he says you know how hard it is for me to stand in front of people and not make them laugh. And Jill goes, well, you did a pretty good job of that today. Which, uh, which was a solid, solid burn on Tim. <laughs> and as he's complaining about how he just can't assist someone or always yeah. assisting someone is so outside of his nature, Jill is saying, like, get the, can you grab the paprika? Can you grab the salt? This, that. And he's just, like, without even thinking about it, assisting Jill. Yeah. Um, until finally Jill points out, like, you've been assisting me this whole time. You know how to do this. <laughs> And I just want to point out that the highlight, so like Tim, Tim's emotional journey in this episode is learning that he's capable of just providing the most basic and rudimentary assistance to another person <laughs> without making it about him. Yeah, I think that is probably true of a lot of males of his generation. I guess, yeah. Uh, it is sad to us, I think, but uh, probably more true than we we realize yeah, yeah, these life lessons take a while for yeah. some people. I also want to point out that as she's kind of breaking down Tim's experience with this, she is essentially psychoanalyzing him, True. Uh, which I thought was, you know, maybe another interesting... You know, I wonder how much of this is pre-planning of them, like, putting in these little dashes of, uh, of psychology for Jill, or if they're just running into them... And then realizing, oh, you know what would be interesting if we we take that abandoned uh, Lisa time uh, <laughs> subplot and and apply it to Jill yeah. in the coming season. Well, you know, I mean, the fact it is, it does sort of stand out to me that Jill is the one who puts Tim on the right track in this episode, as opposed to Wilson. Typically, mm -hmm. it's a Wilson conversation yeah. that kind of turns him around like that. So, oh, but we have a very special Wilson scene oh coming in. Oh my god! Yes. Um, and I also want to point out to, to a line of Tim's here, which feels very much 
akin to Tim Allen uh, mm. and his philosophy, which was, uh, I wrote this quote down verbatim, which is, I just can't help it. You know how hard it is for me to stand in front of people and not make them laugh? Oh, yeah. And I feel like that's his justification for everything. Mm. Like the second that he, well, I don't need to get into Tim Allen's philosophy, but I, I've heard many, many interviews and stuff at this point where it's just like, that's all they're trying to do is just make people laugh. But I find that that, is kind of a, a sophomoric way of hiding the ramifications of what you're doing. Like, yeah. oh, you know, don't take it too seriously. I, you know, I'm just making jokes about the Nazis, not the Tip Allen. But, I, I know, but I get, you know, but like, then hide it under the guise. Of, ah, it's all a joke. Just wait. Can't you take a joke? Yeah, it's like I'm just trying to be edgy. I'm just trying yeah. to push the boundaries. That's what comedy is all about. And that's you know, that's why I've gone to so many you know amateur stand up comedy shows where it's like <laughs> a bunch of white dudes go up there and make a bunch of rape jokes because it's like, hey, yeah, fuck it. Hey, I'm just pushing the boundaries. You know, <laughs> breaking open those taboos. Yeah, hey, I mean, not that cool. Tim Allen is much of a taboo breaker, but no, um, no, uh, yeah, but I, yeah, you know, his he, that's his. His excuse for everything he does is like, no, people love it. I'm a funny guy. I'm a really <laughs> funny guy. Um, we go to later. Uh, Ashley, Brad, Randy, and Beth are uh, <laughs> awkwardly. And not even awkwardly. I, it took me about a good five seconds to understand what was even happening with them drinking this lemonade. Yeah. Because they all just, it's a panning shot across the kids' faces. And they all have the lemonade up to their lips and I'm like, are they chugging? Is this a contest? Is what it one is... of these child drinking games you hear about? It's like, how do you genuinely make an awkward moment awkward? Like, it's not awkward in the way that it needs to be. It's just awkward in that no one knows what they're doing yeah, it's on not, set. Yeah, it's not them struggling to make conversation. It's just kind of them all drinking just to fill up time, I guess. I don't even know. I think it is all in service of trying to set up this like awkward tone that they're going for, but it just never quite lands, well, in my personal opinion. Well, it gets a little better when then they're trying to make conversation, and Ashley says something about, like, oh, yeah, Randy's... Randy's really funny, and 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 Beth goes, "Oh, I well, I love funny people." And then Brad goes, "Yeah, Randy, tell a joke," and that's like <laughs> say something funny. Yeah, say something funny. Yeah. And I I love that's kind of a nuanced setup. I would you know for a show like this, you don't typically get that sort of like delving into like how 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 bullshit it is when someone says like, "Oh, funny yeah. man, tell me a joke." Yeah, or something <laughs> right. Like that. Yeah, so I thought that was that was a fun, awkward setup, like yeah. typical stupid Brad thing to do, typical awkward teenager thing to do. Yeah, and I'll I'll second that with the caveat that I think it's a really good piece of writing. I just don't think that I don't know if it was directing or acting, whatever the case was. I didn't really buy the awkwardness that comes with this scene or is supposed to yeah well it's certainly it beth is so clearly uh wants randy's sauce that it's <laughs> i shouldn't i shouldn't say that when i'm not defining what the sauce is she so clearly wants randy's lunchables <laughs> no better but anyway so it's it's not uh it's not going well jill comes by to give them some sugar cookies and an extensive yeah. bit plays out in which beth reveals that her mom is the aerobics instructor the because in the 90s, every town had an aerobics instructor, and sure enough, Beth's mom is the one for Hamtramck. Indeed. Uh, but, and then that, you know, oh, she never has sweets around the house because she said that they make us fat, and yeah. Jill stands there for a long time. I mean, props to Patricia Richardson, yeah. what plays out on her face, this just kind of contempt well, for this kid. And I think that some important context for our listeners is that she's brought sugar cookies. Oh, yes. For, yes. for the kids. Uh 
And uh, she takes one bite out of her own cookie. And then here's this that <laughs> comparing herself to the other moms. I don't know. It's kind of one of those things where like it's just it's a little throwaway thing, but it kind of helps define uh, Jill's character a little bit more. Like yeah. she has even though she's a strong, independent woman, she still has that like insecurity of comparing herself to the other moms on the PTA, which which makes her. Re- I mean, I think that's realistic. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. like you know, these people have business outside their lives. They yeah. have their flaws and things they work on. Yeah. Uh, so she takes one little nibble, kind of <laughs> spits it out almost the way that Tim does the jalapeno <laughs> and then throws it away and says, if you need me, I'll be upstairs doing uh, stomach crunches. <laughs> and uh then and then okay this is where this is where the awkwardness truly does get forced when when randy picks up the plate of sugar cookie okay this is also what's unrealistic the kids are eating their sugar cookies in a way that no child has ever eaten a sugar cookie a little rat's nibble the tiny when 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 beth (laughs) says these are great sugar cookies i the cookie didn't look like it had a bite out of it i'm like bullshit kid how do you know you just looked at it You, you absorbed it through your fingers but so I don't know. I mean, if sugar and, and sweets are uh, not allowed in her household, maybe she does. She has such a, a uh, her levels of sugar are depleted so much that she just absorbs it through her skin. Maybe. I, look, my my family, we didn't have a whole lot of sweets around the house. There wasn't a lot of candy or processed food. When I was in an environment where there was that uh, and when I was a kid who could just eat a shitload of sugar and like not <laughs> die from it, I, I would go hog wild. Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't know. This kid has more restraint than I did. You smell that? What? Bullshit. <laughs> what? what? The way that the kids are. Oh, doing. Yeah. I hope you edit that out. No, 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 no. I'll, <laughs> so I'll pump it up. Randy offers her a plate. Would you like a uh, cooker snooky? I mean, uh, a booger cookie. Uh, and no kid has ever flubbed a, a line like that before. Also. When he said booger cookie, I was like, oh, he's trying to do a joke because booger cookie would kill with a group of middle schoolers. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah. But no. Uh, so he then, so then to play it off really coolly, he runs out into the backyard and to start throwing snowballs around. <laughs> Almost in a, a Jan Brady sort of way. <laughs> Just if he had longer hair, it'd be waving behind him as he runs out. Marka, Marka, Marka. <laughs> uh, yes, he goes up back. Rolls up a snowball yeah. and chucks it at Wilson's house and hits the house. I want to say, and it's been a long time since I've thrown a snowball, but that snowball packed and impacted and stuck a lot like real snow. Yeah. So I don't know what fake It's a Wonderful Life snow they were using, <laughs> but props to them. I bet that was props real snow. I bet that they had just like a little pile of real snow that he could pick up off of the, the foam snow that's on the ground. So as soon as they put it out there, it's like, okay, we got to roll now. We have five minutes <laughs> yeah. before this melts into the lights. Exactly. Um, well, yeah, so he, throw, he throws it, and then we we, get a, we pan down from where it hits on Wilson's house yeah. to Wilson standing out back, looking up at it. He's holding a very long tube. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we know anything about Wilson, it's that he likes to repurpose. He likes to, you know, uh, DIY, put back to the earth. So I think what you posed on the couch is like, that looks like a bong. Uh, just like a huge, huge, huge tubular bong. And he's repurposing it into a bird feeder. Which, you know what, man? Wh- I want to live in the world where we can repurpose bird feeders into bongs, not bongs <laughs> into bird feeders. That's that's me. You know, let's beat our swords into plowshares and our bird feeders into bongs. Uh, but he so Wilson turns upon having seen this snowball and says, 
Trouble, angsty adolescent neighbor. <laughs> and then we get our first scene between uh, Wilson and Randy on this entire show. And it's highly rewarding. It's, it really is. Yeah. Everything we hope for. The, be- the way that they block it. I, what I always like when other people go to talk to Wilson is how they deal with people not being the same height as yeah. Tim, which is apparently five, ten and a half, when it, <laughs> when it comes to the fence being there. So, like, right. with Jill, it's like sometimes she stands on a thing. Mm-hmm. But then with Randy, at first he's looking through the hole in the fence. Yeah. And then we get the... In a weird inverse of uh, Wilson's mother that we saw oh, God. last season. Did it still freak you out, the eye in the <laughs> hole like that? It, a little bit, yeah. It wasn't quite as aggressive, but... <laughs> And then when he's looking through, we get this shot of Wilson from below where he's holding the bird feeder up as he's filling it and it's obscuring his face. Yeah. I really like how clever they're getting with, with hiding his face. That, that, is, <laughs> that, that is a new source of joy for me on this show. This one, though, it was weird for me because you can see like one half of his face but not the other half. So you can see like an eye and half of his mouth. More jaw than we've seen, yeah. And it, for a second, I was like, it was like you walk in on a naked lady and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I was like, I shouldn't yeah. be looking at this. Like, it's it's like uh, when whenever you get to see a Simpsons character from face on. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird, disturbing thing that shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. Um, or when you see a Simpsons character naked, also a thing that you should not see and should look away from. Uh, so, yeah, this, there's this whole thing where they're talking about, well, he says... He was explaining his problem and how he's got this girl that he's trying to impress. And he explains yeah. that he referred to a sugar cookie as a booger cookie. And Wilson goes, oh, that's a gaff and a half. <laughs> Which I am going to do everything I can to work into my everyday vernacular. We're going to be the guys who bring that back. Gaff and a half. It was never here in the first place. We're going to bring it here in the first place. Um, and then, it, like, and at some point, Randy is, like, Randy is standing right up against the fence, and Wilson can't see him, and then, like, they do it where <laughs> Randy is leaning with his back up against the fence, and yeah. Wilson's head is right above him. As Wilson's talking, and then realizes that he can't see or hear Randy, and he goes, hello? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of a great moment. Wilson is just so good. W- yeah. The Wilson bits, like, I think the worst part of them is so often that it's Tim who's yeah. talking to him, but when other people talk to Wilson, it's fun. Yeah. Um... And so Wilson gives some fancy Shakespeare quote. Um, well, he basically says that, you know, Romeo probably during his first interactions with women didn't say, you know, he probably says some stupid shit, too. Yes. And but, I mean, he quote, he quotes something that's either Shakespeare or so, like he does. Mm-hmm. He does something highfalutin and fancy. And Randy listens to it and says, so you're saying I just got to be in it to win it. Yeah. No guts, no glory. Yeah. No guts, no glory. That's it. I, I, I got the I got the catchphrase wrong. <laughs> But and but Wilson then is just so proud and surprised, like very good little neighbor. Like, you picked that up a lot faster than a lot of other people in our vicinity. Oh uh, man, it's it's, just, it's so fun to see Wilson talk to someone who actually is at his <laughs> level intellectually. Yeah, I feel like everyone. If Tim wasn't hogging Wilson all the time, I think everyone else in this family would be further ahead in their lives. <laughs> I know, uh, and also at his level physically because Randy has. Uh, walked around the set and is now standing atop a uh, tree stump oh, yeah. so that he's head-to-head with him. And this is where, uh, as I mentioned, I wanted to bring into question the production design. Uh, there is just a big old axe, uh, Jack Torrance-style <laughs> axe, sticking out of this uh, <laughs> out of this stump that Randy uh, goes and, and stands atop of. 
I can't I can't lend anything to the axe aspect, but maybe the stump is what's left of the telephone pole that used to be there. <laughs> and like Tim chopped down this magic telephone pole that showed up in their yard for one episode. Magic telephone pole. It was my favorite television show <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> wow, that was uh, th- so that was the lowest budget of all. It of was the shows. A, it was an electric company knockoff for sure. <laughs> it was just a telephone pole with some googly eyes on it. And some guy standing <laughs> off off camera like talking. Oh, who are we gonna call today, folks? <laughs> oh, gonna call the the math wizard to learn about fractions <laughs> on the denominator um and then we get we we have to say the the best line perhaps of the series so yes, far yes randy randy goes well wilson did you have trouble talking to girls when you were a kid what was what was the first thing you ever said to a girl and i'll give you the honors landon you're t- this is too good of a friend I man know. i don't oh man you helped to get jalapeno out of my eyeballs no i suggested one <laughs> option that you spurned um he's uh, what was the first words you said to a girl uh as i recall it was heidi ho good looking <laughs> which needs to be uh the the prequel series to uh home improvement that just follows wilson through his uh heyday of bachelorhood it's just basically wilson is a bachelor in the 60s probably <laughs> Mad Men, maybe maybe yeah. maybe wilson is don draper maybe that's the real <laughs> the real answer um so anyway from that then we get this almost horrific transition where well, not like, quite yet oh because okay. there is an important point that goes uh, Wilson ends the scene by saying, I, well, you know, I don't think you have to worry too much. Uh, and Randy's oh, like, yes. oh, why? Why do you say that? And he's like, well, ever since you've been out here, she's been staring at you. And he looks over his shoulder and Beth does a like, go, oh, no. <laughs> um, you, you know, and I really liked that. I, I thought too. I thought that was a very good way for that scene to end. And it also just plays on the fact that Randy has been looking at Wilson the whole time. But Wilson has been looking towards the house. Yeah, I I. I give my I, my hat goes off to this Wilson scene. Agreed. More yeah. Randy Randy Wilson scenes, please. Agreed. No, f- flip that, reverse it. Not Randy Wilson's, <laughs> but uh. So from that, then we get like Wilson disappears from behind the fence, and then Al appears behind the fence, and the fence splits open, and like we rush forward. Yeah, it's it's a it's a aggressive one. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a major transition, and uh. uh you know, Al is there on set uh, preparing this duck. Tim is being a good, dutiful assistant and um, and is just actually being helpful. Yeah, and we can walk through the scene. I mean, there's not a lot to it. I mean, it's kind of the summation of the whole episode, as you would expect. But yeah, uh, Tim walks in behind Al's back. He Al didn't know that he was going to be uh, hosting. As far as Al knew, Tim had abandoned him entirely. Yeah. So uh, Tim comes in and starts assisting. Um, I don't quite understand the difference. I mean, he's still somewhat making jokes, but he's just got less of a glib attitude about it. He's actually just being straightforward, at least. It felt like he he does start making a feel like because Al is making jokes and yeah. kind of going off of Tim's setups to make jokes, and I think maybe that makes Tim feel a little emboldened. But at first, he's just like, you know, oh yeah, hello, yeah, here's here's what you need. Oh, I've got right, the pan right. for you. I've got everything. And for this split second, I'm like, wow, what would it be like if Tim was just a good person and did that? Like, it's just Tim being like a normal person, yeah. an adult doing adult stuff. Uh, but the other part of this is that uh, what they're going for doesn't quite uh, hit as hard as I think they're trying for, which is that Al then assumes the the clumsiness of Tim being a host, which is, you know, Tim, Tim somehow has all this knowledge about, you know, even though we're supposed to think that he studied with jill um 
but he somehow has all of this knowledge of, uh, you know, don't, I heard you're not supposed to overstuff that, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And so Al is supposed to have some hubris, but it doesn't quite, they don't play that up the way that I feel like they sh- needed to in order to have this hit as hard as it should. Yeah, this notion that, that Al goes power crazy and yeah. becomes the new Tim and Tim becomes the new Al yeah, they just didn't really invest enough in that. Yeah, because what ends up happening is Al does overstuff it, but he gets his hand stuck, and then he whips his hand backwards, and the duck flings off his hand through the uh, window door of the set, and Tim makes a a duck joke that is, like, way too highfalutin for him. I know, I know. Yeah, like, duck under glass, or, like... Which isn't that... even a dish I've heard of before. Yeah, I know. When, when Tim is... When Tim suddenly has super cultural uh, knowledge because he can allows him to make one dumb joke, yeah. I, I it's really hard. It's so th- this doesn't quite end the way that I on a strong note that I wanted, but uh, it ends. Yeah, it ends, doesn't it? <laughs> wow, it ends. Raves Landon Solano. Oh man. Uh, then we go into the stinger, which is uh, Tim and Jill watching the episode of Cooking with Irma uh, or Alma. Mm, that's good is it yeah, um, Alma. <laughs> <laughs> and, or Mal. um randy comes in and says that you know everything worked like gangbusters uh beth gave him a kiss and jill says or tim says to jill what would you have done if i kissed you on our first date and jill says i would have woke up <laughs> which i i just love these little digs at tim yeah yeah but but also, it's sort of a dig at Jill, which suggests that this man did everything wrong at every step along the way, and True. you still married him and gave him yeah. three kids. Yeah. Well, well, everything's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Uh, then we go into the outtakes, which was them going into Binford Corner, and the only thing I think is interesting uh, about that is that we get to see um, an unanimated version of... We get to see, like, the raw footage of t- what Tim is doing to knock the, the grunt creep out of the way. Oh, okay, true. So it's yeah. kind of like we see the seams a bit of how they're constructing, you know, that they had to think about the transitions and the, the whatevers before they start filming so that they could interact with them. Yeah, that on set, they were like, okay, well, the grunt creep is going to be here, so you got to wave your arm <laughs> at this point, and they did right, right. multiple takes of blocking. And then we get uh, a lub a lub flined. Yep. A love line? A booger cookie. <laughs> a booger cookie. Uh, a booger cookie of a flubbed line uh, in the Irma scene, and that's about it. Yeah. And everybody has has a big laugh. Uh, uh, we all had a big, big laugh. I have a, a big question for you. I have a big answer to, I'm pretty sure I know what the question is. I didn't phrase that well. Fraser is, is taking the day off. <laughs> um, my question to you is... What is the meaning of life? Uh, um, well, I think honestly, it it, in, it involves. I think it's caprese salads. Honestly, <laughs> buffalo mozzarella. More more specifically, you can you can cut out the tomatoes if you're just focus on buffalo mozzarella. That's the meaning. Of all life. I'm I'm hearing is just cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where the salad word is coming in. Uh yeah, I guess I guess you know the salad just slows you down or to to get to the cheese. <laughs> get to the cheese. Um, what is the grunt count of this episode? Yeah. Also caprese salad. Very strange. weird. Yeah, I that know. is it's a weird world we're living in. Well, in a caprese salad, you tend to cut the buffalo mozzarella into circles, and like a circle, it was zero. Like zero is a circle. There were no grunts in this episode. <laughs> We're both not on our A game. I don't know what is going on with the grunts this season. Um, I, I can corroborate that. I don't believe I heard a single grunt this episode. No, I mean, it, 
you know, we get to the end of the episode and I've been waiting to tally them, but there's just nothing there. I am going to guess at the end of the season that we have, uh, how much do we have at Christmas? 77? Yeah, 77. Um, we're going to have 78 grunts. <laughs> total. <laughs> total. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll put you down for that. You want to put money behind that? Uh, no, not yet. We, no, we have okay. more episodes to watch. All right. Good. Um, well, that's interesting. You have anything else to say about the grunt count? I have nothing else to say about the grunt count or indeed about this episode. Okay, I just have a quick promo to do. Um, yeah, promo Which up. is, uh, I believe, either this or next week's episode will be the last of October, which means mm. um, that you can still catch me on the Fan Theory World podcast. We've been going uh, for four weeks now covering your favorite horror movie franchises. Uh, so uh, check that out. Uh, we go over all kinds of uh, fan theories for the Halloween series, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and then like a hodgepodge of others. Um, you can find them at Fan Theory World on all the social media or fantheoryworld.com. Uh, and that's my promo. Uh, voting, still a thing. Get go out vote. there and do some voting. Where can people uh, check to see if they're registered? Yeah, go to vote.org. Yeah, and uh, it's probably too late to register at this point. Depending on where you live, yes. If you yeah. live in California, the registration deadline is October twenty second, and this episode will probably be out by then. <laughs> do you have a uh, reference uh, in in your head of where people can find where they can vote? Oh, where they can vote? Oh, is to find your polling place? Yeah. Ooh. Honestly, no, I don't. I think vote.org handles a lot of that. Uh, I think there's finding yeah. your polling place, checking your registration and eligibility. Let me look right now. I think there's a, a very, very key site called Google. Ah, uh, yes. That you could type in, where do I vote? Yep, okay, vote.org. You can it can register there. You can find out if you're registered to vote. You can uh, find out where to go to vote, and you can get election reminders. Oh, wow. Uh, you can get your absentee ballot. Nice. Um, what, however, you cannot order shoes from here, so it is still oh. a little worse than zappos.com. I don't know where I'm going to get my... I voted shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a, that's a lot of the reason i go anymore it's yeah. just for that free pair of shoes they give you <laughs> um okay well we really appreciate you guys listening if you wanna if you want to help the show uh and help us find more listeners you can uh leave us a rating review on itunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts uh plus remember with each rating we'll kick it up a notch bam <laughs> listeners you can't see the actual hand movement that he did with that but it was great um jazz hands <laughs> You can find more information about today's episode on our website, which is www.heartworkpodcast.com. I didn't put the witches in there. Uh, That's cool, man. I, I can improvise. <laughs> I'm giving you more. Word by word, giving you more work. Nice. Uh, <laughs> while you're there, you can sign up for our weekly newsletter, which is a great way to be notified when a new episode is released. Uh, it also includes exclusive trivia, the grunt count, uh, updates on our various promotions. And lastly, you can join... Uh, the conversation by hitting us up on Facebook or Twitter, which you can find us at Grunt Work Pod. A lot of people have been, uh, we've been there's a lot of activity out there. Oh, just in the, in the world in general or specifically <laughs> just, on Twitter? Th there are a lot of things happening in the world. There's <laughs> stuff going on out there, guys. <laughs> uh, and with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And uh, if your grunts can use a little more work, then just add some oregano. <laughs> They can't. I, I've been up for 36 hours. I, I, I and I'll give you a pass. <laughs> Thank en you. Enjoy your iregano, folks. <laughs>